The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. If you have experienced narcissistic abuse, you are in the right place. Our mission is to help you understand the abuse you have experienced, support you through your healing journey, and to help you develop healthy relationships. I am your host, Juliana Aiken, and in today's episode, I'm interviewing Ellen Beers. She's a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in the assessment and treatment of individuals with personality disorders, substance abuse issues, and emotional regulation problems. Ellen has spent over 15 years helping clients identify and recover from emotional abuse and manipulation. She's the author of Recovering from Narcissistic Mothers, a Daughter's Workbook. All the strategies Ellen will share today are from her workbook. Despite its title, the book offers detailed strategies for anyone who has experienced narcissistic abuse, whether in a family dynamic or with a romantic partner exhibiting narcissistic traits. In this episode, Ellen offers five practical strategies to help you gradually overcome the anger toward yourself after narcissistic abuse. Let's get started. This is a very common issue that happens, obviously, when you're in um, an abusive situation with someone who's narcissistic. Uh, you know, it's very confusing. It's, you know, a complex. And so we tend to feel anger towards ourselves for allowing ourselves to get into this situation. Um, and of course, we're being told by our abuser that there's something wrong with us and that, you know, we, we've got to change ourselves and all those kind of things. So the way that I wanted to approach this was to uh, discuss the, the strategies that I've come up with are actually strategies that you can use for lots of different emotions that you might be having that are distressing to you or that are causing problems in your life. Um, and, and one of the things I've found with people that are recovering from um, narcissistic abuse is that they have a hard time identifying emotionally what's going on with them. So yes, anger is very common to identify because you're angry and you're frustrated and annoyed and all that stuff. But a lot of times there's other emotions that are difficult to identify. So um, so my strategies are rooted in helping someone learn how to regulate their emotions that they're having. So anger is a normal emotion to have. Uh, everybody has it. It's not negative. I mean, it's not negative from the standpoint of everybody has it. It's common and normal to have. But when it starts causing problems with you and how you take care of yourself and what you do in, in your relationships, then obviously we want to manage it. So the first strategy, which is helpful for individuals that are dealing with narcissistic abuse and the, therefore anger towards themselves, is learning how to check in with your emotions. So when we feel angry, a lot of times we want to uh, relate, you know, make someone else feel bad about what's going on with us because our emotions are so difficult to manage. Um, so we have to learn how to check in with our own emotions. And what does that mean? That means learning how to identify what you're feeling. In the case of anger, what happens is our nervous system gets elevated. Uh, this is an automatic response. This is not something anybody's doing in particular or deliberately. 
But when we're agitated or angry, our, our uh, nervous system gets overcompensates and starts to get agitated. And so we may feel like this rush. Um, and so what we wanna do is um, understand how that affects you. What does it look like? What is going on with you when your anger is elevated like that? So there's a couple things. One is asking yourself, um, what happens to your body when you feel anger? What are your emo What does your body uh, feel like? What happens to your heartbeat? What happens to your body sensations? What, how do your facial expressions uh, look? You can look in the mirror to assess this. Um, you don't have to ask other people to tell you, but it's understanding kind of what your body is telling you about the anger. The second thing is thinking about your thoughts about the anger, you know, about the situation that is causing anger for you. What are you thinking about? What, what's going on? You know, what's your perception of what's going on? And you're, and you're asking yourself these questions. You can write down these answers in a notebook or a journal, um, but kind of go through it in your head. You know, what are, what am I thinking about this? And then the last thing is, what do you do when you feel this anger? How do you behave as a result of this anger? Okay, because a lot of times, particularly for women, but men can do this as well. When we have this anger towards ourselves for this, we will take it out on ourselves. We'll do something self-destructive. Um, and self-destructive doesn't necessarily mean you're actively doing something to yourself. It could also mean that you're not taking care of yourself. You're not getting in the shower. You're not getting out of bed. You're not eating properly. You're not exercising. You're not going to work. And so we want to make sure that we pay attention to, as a result of this anger, what am I doing? What am I, how am I behaving? Okay, so once you understand that sort of idea of what the anger looks like with you, then you can practice some steps to check in with yourself. And these are very, you know, specific steps that people can do. So the first thing is stop what you're doing. You know, if you're in the middle of like raking leaves or driving your car or whatever, making dinner, or whatever, just stop what you're doing. Second thing is sit quietly for a short period of time as sort of like a self-reflection. Turn your attention, this is number three, turn your attention towards yourself inward and ask your body how it feels. So sit, sit on the couch or chair or whatever, reflect on how you feel inward and what your body is telling you. Then notice if you have tension anywhere in your body, shoulders, stomach, your jaw, your back. If you're reflecting on this, you should be able to identify if you're clenching your fists or if your jaw is clenched or something like that. But notice the tension if it's in your body. And then notice also if you're holding your breath. When we're angry, we tend to hold our breath more. We don't have full br breath. Um, and so that's going to cause more of a problem, obviously, um, when you're holding your breath. Uh, and I and I don't I'm not talking about like I'm going to hold my breath for a minute. I mean that we have shallow breathing. Uh, notice if you're engaging in any behaviors that are, that are the result of the tension or the anger or the anxiety, like um, you know, skin picking or nail biting or sort of things that are agitating. Uh, and then pay attention to the emotions that you're feeling. In this case, most likely it'll be anger, but it might also be frustration, annoyance exhaustion, fear, hurt, those kind of things. 
Um, and are you able to stay focused or do you have racing thoughts? So as you are sitting there and reflecting on this, you can ask yourself whether or not you're able to actually focus on this or if is it, is it very difficult for you? And if you notice these physical signs of tension or anxiety, then use a breathing technique, okay? So this, this particular strategy is sort of the start starting point of learning how to recognize the anger within your body and be able to identify if what you're actually feeling is anger, okay? Because although we can say, yeah, I'm really angry, um, we don't necessarily reflect it back on ourselves. We look at and try to take it out on other people or do self-destructive stuff. So the second strategy, and this kind of piggybacks on this, is something called square breathing, four square breathing. Um, and as I mentioned in this last, uh, you know, if you notice physical signs, use a breathing technique. Four square breathing is a very simple technique that anybody can do to manage their anger. Okay. Um, it, it's essentially regular learning how to regulate your breathing. Okay. Which again, if you're holding your breath, you're not regulating your breathing. So, um, anger can cause you to take shower, shallow, like small breaths instead of deeper breaths through your diaphragm. So this will help you learn how to um, do this effectively. When you breathe deeply, your brain receives a message to calm down and relax. So it's very simple. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. Number one, breathe in through your mouth for a count of four. Two, hold your breath for a count of four. Three, breathe out through your nose for a count of four and then hold your breath for a count of four. So if you think of it like a square, so repeat that as many times as you need to do that. And it is something you can do in the car, you can do it in bed, you can do it in the shower, anywhere where you start feeling anger starting to build up within you, this will calm you down so that you can then think a little bit more clearly about what you wanna do next in, in the situation. Um, it also is a caretaking thing. So going back to the, you know, being mad at ourselves and how can I get into this and why did I make this decision? Those are generally feelings that are rooted in um, irrationality. And so if we can calm ourselves down, we're more likely to be able to think rationally and recognize, okay, I actually haven't done anything in this circumstance. This is the result of this person saying this or doing that or, or whatever it is. So it gives us an opportunity to be a little bit, give us a little bit more clarity as to what the situation is, whereas anger does not allow for us to do that. So these tools are regulating that. Any questions so far? <laughs> yeah, thank you. So uh, what I kind of wrote down was that when we are trying to overcome the anger that narcissistic abuse causes and especially anger towards ourselves, uh, you said first, like, learn how to check in with your emotions and then uh, use uh, the other strategy was square for square breathing. And then under there, learn how to check in with your emotions. You had like initial steps was kind of ask yourself what happens to your body when you are feeling angry, then think about your thoughts about your anger, kind of what's going on cognitively uh, within you. And then notice what do you do as a result of the anger? Like what are your behaviors as a result of that? And then you gave 
this contained many steps, but first step was like stop what you stop what you're doing. Second one, set set sit quietly, then turn your attention inward again. Kind of now that you have stopped and are sitting quietly, do it again. Do you notice tension anywhere? Anywhere is there again any behaviors, biting nails, all that, or any any other emotions? Because you said that with anger there might be also frustration or exhaustion or just being irritated and annoyed and then just pay attention also like are, are you having a very hard time to focus you have a lot of racing thoughts and then the second strategy you said that like you know you can you can use square breathe uh, four square breathing and that's very simple everybody can do that do that uh i do have one question and kind of if you can just summarize and clarify why did you or like when we are trying to overcome the anger that narcissistic abuse causes, why did you include these, like number one, learn how to check in with your emotions and four square breathing into this? Like why these two and how does it help us to overcome the anger? Well, okay. So one of the things that happens when we're in relationships with people that are emotionally manipulative and abusive is that our focus is on this other person all the time. Mm-hmm. What do, what are they going to do? How are they going to treat me? What are they going to say? Da, 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 da. We tend not to caretake ourselves. We don't pay attention to ourselves. And when we are paying attention to ourselves, we're not necessarily treating ourselves in the best way. When we're dealing with how to overcome something related to being in an abusive relationship, we have to turn the focus back on taking care of ourselves because that's the only thing you can control. You can't control the other person. You can only control yourself. And when our focus is always on somebody else, we're not paying attention to our emotions, except when they're very extreme, like in with the, the case of anger. And so we, one of the, I've learned, and also I've taught other people how to keep your focus on yourself so that you can regulate your emotions and then make a more uh, rational choice about what you want to do next, whatever that might be. It could just be, I want to make dinner next. It could be, I want to have a conversation with an attorney. It could be that I want to, you know, sit down with my child and talk to them about, uh, you know, something that's going on in school. But we want to be able to do that in a rational way so that we don't sort of misdirect some of this onto other people and especially ourselves. So in order to do that, we want to have to identify these things and how that works and the way that our brain works when we're experiencing different emotions. And then the second is to learn different skills to keep ourselves calm. So remember when I mentioned that when you're under a, a state of agitation, or sorry, not a state of agitation, but when you're experiencing trauma, which is what occurs in an abusive relationship, your uh, nervous system gets agitated. And so rather than going from sort of a regular state or a baseline state of anxiety or whatever emotions you're feeling, you're constantly agitated. So in order to bring that down to more functional level, we have to learn some skills to be able to do that with ourselves because you're not going to get that from somebody else. You have to do that yourself. So that helps you be able to manage either in the environment that you're in, if you have no choice and have to stay in it, or make 
more rational decisions about what you want to do in the relationship or getting out of the relationship or whatever you want to do with that. Or even if you're in a relationship with someone and you're co-parenting and you have to interact with this person, you want to address or you want to go into that interaction um, feeling like you have some control over your emotions mm-hmm. and then taking care of yourself is a critical piece. So the thoughts, are, so, and I have several other strategies that yeah. are along those lines, um, but square breathing is very easy to do. And it's something anyone can do at any time. You don't have to put yourself in any particular situation to do it. And it's amazing how helpful it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, makes perfectly sense. I was also thinking you said that uh, because often when we are in an abusive relationships, the focus on is on the other person and mm-hmm. like how how they did that, how they could do that, and you know we are angry. Then I'm thinking because today we are talking about anger towards ourselves, so we are like uh, like very angry that something happened or how we couldn't see it or how why we did that decision or why we didn't do something. Uh, and you, like you said, it's like, like I, I was thinking that's like attention to you, but like you said, it's like negative and like not helpful at all. So I was right. just thinking that when you are very like occupied with these thoughts about yourself and you are very angry at yourself, do you think that the learning how to check in with your emotions, the first one and the four square breathing, how does it actually stop you from being kind of does it stop you in a way that you are able to let it go and make more kind of rational decision was that the point like how yes. does that yes. yeah stop you yeah. from being because so we're not, yeah. yeah when we're negative towards ourselves it's not rational right i mean yeah we're, we're kind of uh, feeding off of the negativity of the relationship um if you give yourself a pause through identifying kind of where you're where you are checking in with yourself doing the breathing and all that it's a lot easier to make a rational choice about who you really are than it would be if you're in an agitated angry state Mm. it's very easy to be negative to yourself if you're angry at yourself right like i can't believe i did this i'm such a loser i'm so i'm such a stupid person blah 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 if you calm yourself down a little bit, you can rationally say, hold on a second. I'm not any of those things. That's just how I'm feeling right now. And now if I'm looking at it more rationally, I can make steps that are actually, or take steps that are actually going to be more beneficial to me, my family, and where, you know, wherever I want to go moving forward. And it being in a relationship with someone who's narcissistic uh, does not afford us very many opportunities unless we deliberately do them to caretake our emotions. Because we're all, like I was mentioning before, we're always focused on the emotions of this other person. And then that contributes to that anger towards ourselves. Like, why am I always doing this? Why am I you know, never taking care of myself? So if you pause or allow yourself to to spend a little time doing these things, you have a a clearer idea of making decisions and choices moving forward. It's not perfect, obviously, but it's a tool. And if someone feels super angry and super agitated, this is one of the things that I will even do in a session is say, okay, let's stop and let's take a deep breath and let's count four. And now let's have a conversation about how you're feeling. And it, it calms us down. 
so that we can see things a little bit more clearly. Because in anger, we can't see that. You know, it's like the expression you're seeing red. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're seeing red with yourself, then that's not going to be helpful uh, to the d- decisions and the choices that you make moving forward. And if we can learn how to calm ourselves down a little bit, that's a tool you can utilize when you're in this relationship or even moving out of it, or if you have to interact with somebody like this at your job or at, you know, as a co-parent or even your next door neighbor. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that, this was very clear. So uh, I'm really excited to hear what other strategies you have in addition to these ones. Okay. So the next strategy is something called thought stopping. And this kind of piggybacks again, all these are going to piggyback on each other because they're all tools that you can use to manage your emotions about this and to identify this particular one and identify negative thoughts that are not helpful to you. So thought stopping involves two things. One is focusing on unwanted thoughts. And then the second is stopping and emptying the thoughts from your mind. The way that we do this is by using a command, shockingly, called stop, S-T-O-P, or visualizing a stop sign to interrupt these unpleasant thoughts. Okay, so here's how you do it. First, you would close your eyes and imagine a situation where an unpleasant thought is likely to occur. And of course, in the circumstance we're talking about today with the narcissistic abuse, you'll have a lot of this, right? So you think about how the negative or distressing thought relates to this situation, all right? So think about where an unpleasant thought is likely to occur, then think about how the negative or distressing thought relates to this situation. Then you're going to interpret your thought. So the way you do this, and there's a couple of different things, set a timer for three minutes, close your eyes and imagine the stressful or the angry thought. When the alarm goes off, shout, stop, and or visualize the stop sign. Empty your mind of stressful thoughts as much as you can. Try to allow your mind to stay empty for about 30 seconds. Then if the stressful thought returns, you're going to shout, stop, and visualize the stop sign again, depending on which one you're going to use, okay? Record yourself shouting stop. That way you can use that whenever you have a distressing thought. Okay. Um, You don't have to do this, but that's a suggestion. Um, When you have succeeded in, in stopping these angry thoughts by shouting stop, then try uh, interrupting thoughts with stop in a normal voice. And so you're going to go from yelling stop, to at this after you practice it yelling stop to saying stop in a normal voice and then eventually to whispering stop and once you're able to interrupt with a whisper then you can start mouthing it as opposed to shouting it um and then this will allow you to use stop in in any environment that you're in whenever there's a distressing thought Um, Now, you can substitute the uh, distressing thought at this time, like once you've said stop, with uh, a positive assertive statement, okay? So once you've managed the thought stopping, you're going to want to eventually be able to replace it with something that's positive for yourself. 
So uh, it might be something like, um, I can do this. I am a good partner. I am a good person. I am worthy. I'm important. Any of those kind of things. Um, because again, part of the anger issue that we're talking about today with within oneself is driven by negative thoughts about self. Some of those we come up with ourselves. Some of it is the chatter that we hear in our head from having been abused for however long we're in the relationship with the abuser. So we want to be able to practice stopping those distressing thoughts about ourselves and replacing it with something that's actually positive. In order to be able to get to that point where you can do a replacement of something positive, you have to learn how to identify what those distressing thoughts are and then stop them. Now I've used this technique myself for years and years. I use the stop sign um, to, I think about a stop sign. I don't actually do the yelling stop stuff. Um, and it's been extremely helpful and beneficial for me as time has gone on, but it's a very, again, simple and easy way to manage what's going on with, from within. Okay. Because Again, as you might realize in, in some of these steps, they're not actually specific to something the narcissistic person has done to them. It's about managing the anger that you have from within because the anger is going to be harmful to you, whether it's anger as a result of being in a relationship with a narcissist or just anger because of some other decision we've made in our lives. So uh, these are tools that you can use for lots of different things, as I mentioned. But they're particularly helpful for uh, dealing with either being in a relationship with someone who's narcissistic or recovering from a relationship with someone who's narcissistic. Because we have a lot of distressing thoughts, obviously, that come up. So thought stopping is is the next strategy. Mm, yeah. Any questions about thought stopping? Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I'm thinking like, does, uh, I don't know. Like sometimes I feel and I hear that, um, you know, tra trauma needs to be addressed. Otherwise, it just keeps coming up and up. I was thinking like, is the thought stopping? Uh, it's like, it's not like putting or is it like putting down like the stuff so, so you are not like dealing with anymore? And can it like uh, come later like? I'm trying to ask, like, let's say if you always use this thought stopping and you always like just like, OK, stop, stop, stop. Can that lead to avoiding kind of um, dealing with whatever thoughts you might have or like, is there a danger of that or am I like completely lost? <laughs> no, you're not completely lost. Um, no, I understand what you're saying. So um, the trauma piece of it. Obviously, it's something that needs, you can't manage the trauma piece yourself, right? Okay. You have to, that has to be done through something professional. Yeah. These tools are things that kind of help you get through your daily life with this person and how you're dealing with your anger as you move day to day. So for example, if you have someone um, who is in a relationship with somebody narcissistic and they can't get out of it for whatever reason, finances, uh, geographics, whatever. And they're maybe working on some of the trauma stuff with a therapist or whoever they're working on it with. These are tools that somebody can use day to day as they move through so they can go to work and they can you know, take mm -hmm. care of their kids and they can drive the, to the grocery store and all of that. 
anything that might be something that would be traumatic can be addressed someplace else, meaning, you know, they can address that down the road if that's what they choose to do. But this is not avoidance. This is replacing. So you're, you're stopping, identifying and stopping these negative thoughts that are not necessary um, in order to recover. Like you do not need to be saying to yourself, I suck in order to recover. Mm. Um, or I'm a terrible person, or I shouldn't be angry or any of those kind of things. So this particular technique is to help you shift the negative thought that's not necessary for you to have and replace it with something that's more realistic, which is I'm a good person. I'm doing the best I can. Um, I can make it through this, you know, take it one step at a time, whatever it is that you want to replace it with. So it's not intended to be an avoidance type of tool it's it's more of how do i manage this anger on a day-to-day basis hey i hope you are enjoying this episode right now if you didn't know this already our mission here at unfiltered is to help people who have experienced narcissistic abuse understand the abuse they have experienced support them through their healing journey and to help them develop healthy relationships We want to help as many people as possible, but the only way we can reach everyone is if you choose to share this episode. So if you have been getting value from our content, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with others. You could do this by sharing it with your online support groups, sending it to someone dealing with a narcissist, or even leaving a review. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the episode. When we are trying to overcome the anger that narcissistic abuse causes and anger towards ourselves, uh, you have today shared um, three strategies. And the first one was learn how to check in with your emotions. Second one was four square breathing. And now you just explained the thought stopping. So what else do you have? So the next one um, is called grounding. So grounding, so people with anger as a result of abuse might experience these unwanted memories and negative emotions. So this kind of speaks to what you were just mentioning about the trauma. So when we have these unwanted memories or uh, negative emotions that pop up, um, it may make us feel unsafe or fearful. And then we get, you know, that makes us feel angry. Like, I can't believe I feel like this, da, 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 da. Um, So grounding is a practice that you can use to distract yourself when you're experiencing this stuff. It is not intended to be a relaxation skill. This is an exercise that kind of brings us back to where we are currently. Okay. So because a lot of times when you're experiencing uh, narcissistic abuse or trauma as a result of that, uh, defense mechanisms pop in and we dissociate or, you know, we don't, we void or things like that. So the grounding is a tool that you can use to manage some of that anger when you're feeling um, really unsafe or in, you know, in danger, so to speak. So like I mentioned, it's not a relaxation skill, but it helps you distract from these difficult emotions. So most grounding techniques are rooted in something related to your senses, taste, touch, sight, um, smell, hearing, things like that. So here's a couple of grounding strategies, also very simple and easy to use. Um, the, the first one is is very simple, and I use this all the time with my clients, is Put, pressing your pressing your feet firmly on the ground. 
And uh, this reminds you of where you are. So if you're sitting on a chair, what I will uh, suggest is stomp your feet on the ground. Just focus on keeping your feet firmly attached to the ground and it pulls you back into this sort of more rational place when you're kind of going, you know, thinking about all the reasons why you can't stand this person or why you're, you are treating yourself poorly or why you got into it or all that, or all those kind of things, because that's not an unusual thing for people in abusive situations to spend a lot of time doing, which is kind of creating a dialogue or a narrative in their head about what has gone on and world is kind of going by and we're not grounding ourselves. So grounding yourself by putting your feet on the ground Another grounding technique is rubbing your hands to, together really quickly um, and then noticing the sounds and the feeling of your hands. Okay. Cause again, touch that kind of thing um, can pull you back in to where you are um, carrying like a silky cloth or something with you, either um, a smooth stone or something like that, that you can put in your pocket or your purse or backpack or whatever um, that you can touch and connect with if you start to feel unsafe or fearful or super angry, it pulls you back to the here and now. Um, you can also do something, you can find a pulse in your wrist or your neck and count the beats per minute. You can reach your arms and hands to the sky and stretch for about five seconds um, and then bring your arms down and relax and then do that again. Uh, you can, sit while you're sitting you can uh, cross your arms and your legs deliberately and kind of feel the sensation that you have of controlling your body um, and you can also notice the sound or the uh, smells around you or the sounds around you so if you're sitting in for example if they're in a, uh, the kitchen with their partner who's a, a narcissist and they're feeling very angry and the conversation is going awry you can stop yourself and think, okay, what am I smelling? Okay, there's coffee, there's uh, you know a, a candle or something lit. There's you know um, the air conditioning just turned on. Uh, you know, it's something that helps you kind of pull yourself back to where you actually are instead of what tends to happen, which is we're thinking about all of this other stuff, or we're thinking about our anger, or we're trying to. Um, you know, think of a retort or do something negative to ourselves, or, or, you know, bash ourselves or whatever. So grounding is a very good tool for very uncomfortable emotions of any kind, but particularly with anger, um, and especially with narcissistic abuse, because we get into this whole th thought process that becomes irrational of why are they doing this? Why did I make this mistake? How can I get out of this? you know, I'm a terrible person, all of these kind of things. We're in our head. Grounding exercises bring you back to where we actually are, which is, you know, for me sitting in a chair in my office, you know, instead of thinking about, oh my gosh, why, why do I get myself into these predicaments? You know, those kind of things. Mm, yeah. Thank you. That was very clear. And uh, you gave 
very great ideas how to do this in practice so thank you so when we are trying to overcome the anger that we have toward ourselves and this is because of the narcissistic abuse we have talked about learn how to check in with your emotions was the first one second one was four square breathing third one was thought stopping technique and now you just talked about grounding so what is the final so the final one is also very simple. I was hoping that I could come up with some things that everybody that's listening can practice regularly um, that are simple and easy to follow. This next one is called self-compassion pause. And it's actually a mindfulness technique or mindfulness-based technique um, that helps you learn how to pause in when you're experiencing an overwhelming or challenging emotion like anger. Um, and it includes like a focused, uh, relaxing phrase that you can come up with. I'm going to give you an example of one um, that you can use uh, while you're calmly breathing. So it, it is similar to the four square breathing. We're adding in a, com uh, a component of self-compassion because, again, this is about taking care of yourself. We tend not to do that in abusive relationships. Um, but you can use any soothing phrase you like. So I'll give you an example of um, the one that I have. So the first step is closing your eyes. The second step is breathing in through your nose for a count of four. The third is repeating to yourself, I have done my best. The fourth step is holding your breath for a count of five, then breathing out for a count of six and then repeating to yourself, now let go of the rest. So the calming phrase is, I have done my best, and the end phrase is, now let go of the rest. And again, you can use whatever calming phrase you want to, but repeat it two or three times, and it helps, again, to regulate your nervous system and reduce some of the anger. The feeling is what we're trying to reduce. Um, and when we're able, going back to what I was saying before, when we're able to kind of get ourselves to a calmer place and we're caring for ourselves, we're better able to make rational decisions about what we want to do moving forward. And in relationships with people that are narcissistic, one of the main messages they will give you is you should not protect yourself. You should not do anything to take care of yourself. If you do, you're being selfish, you're being terrible, you're te you don't love me, blah, 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 blah. And so the whole point of talking about this today was to help uh, individuals understand the way that we manage and recover from narcissistic abuse is by looking inward and starting to take care of ourselves. When you can do this better and more effectively, because we're just not practicing it, it's not that people can't do it, we just don't practice it then we're better able to make some decisions about what we want to do to protect ourselves, which generally means not, you know, uh, being in an abusive relationship or, or putting up boundaries or some of the other things that, you know, we've talked about in podcasts. Um, and, but these are things that you can do at home. You can do it in the car. You don't need a therapist for, you know, you can find lots of this information out there um, in the, on the internet. You know, if you just Google, grounding or thought stopping or whatever, but they're all things that we can help ourselves to regulate our own emotions. And that makes things a lot easier in terms of decision-making moving forward. 
Yeah, thank you so much. So the five strategies today that you have shared to overcome the anger, I'm just going to summarize them so we remember them. So the first one was learn how to check in with your emotions. Second one was four square, square breathing. Third one was thought stopping. Fourth one was grounding. And the fifth one was self-compassion pause moment. And this is like mindfulness based and similar to the square four square breathing kind of adds on the self-compassion component to it so yeah i think these were really helpful today do, do you have any final thoughts about either all of these five strategies or about the topic of overcoming the anger that we have toward ourselves in general well i think you know one of the the things that it, every, i'm sure everyone knows that's listening is that there's a lot of, of negative messages that we get from being in a relationship with someone. And we tend to internalize those because individuals that are in relationships with people that are narcissistic tend to be very compassionate and empathetic and want to help. And that's great, but we tend to not help ourselves. So we want to help everybody else. We don't necessarily focus and redirect on taking care of ourselves. So the purpose of uh, talking about these techniques today is to start to fill up our toolbox with some things that can help us take care of ourselves. Start focusing on one, identifying, am I taking care of myself? Um, two, what are some things that I can do that aren't that difficult to add into my daily life to manage some of these very uncomfortable emotions that we experience when we're in this? And try to redirect ourselves from getting the person that we're in the relationship with to do things differently because they're not going to. And the only thing we can change is us. So we start focusing on taking care of ourselves and practicing some of these exercises, managing our emotions and learning about anger and all that. We are better equipped to um, make the decisions to protect ourselves as we move forward, which is the key to, recovering from any kind of abuse. I hope you enjoyed that episode and maybe you are going to listen to it a couple more times if you are planning on using Ellen's advice, which I hope you do. Before I let you go, I would like to invite you to join our free community. My team and I send out free courses and healing exercises every week. We also host Life Therapist-led Q&A sessions every month that are 100% free. To join, please click the link in the podcast notes or visit unfiltered.net slash community. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.